Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. We are brought to you by Bet Online, who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and they have a newly updated website. So head on over, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Tuesday to you. Happy Mock Draft Tuesday. Usually it's Mock Draft Monday, but uh, here on Draft Dudes, as we do another one of these alternating monthly mock drafts, it's time to squeeze this thing in before the calendar flips to February, which by itself is crazy enough to try to process that we're we're getting ready to flip over to February here. Yep. Last full week of January is here. This is it. Last uh, last full week for, for a while for us scouting prospects as well. You know, or at least doing the regional right. foundational groundwork to build our database, and then we're gonna you know cross check <laughs> each other's work and, and grade each other's players, which is very soon, exciting. Soon, I will know more about this draft class than just my region, which I'm excited to uh, dip my toes in the water that's out there. That's not just mine, you know. Right. So, all right, Kyle's odds this time around. I am evens. Is do we need the jingle? Yeah, we. Can't. I was. I was just gonna say we're we're gonna do this without the jingle. No. Um, okay. Dun 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 dun. The draft dudes January 2022 NFL mock draft is now officially open. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now officially on the clock, and now we can officially begin. And uh, I'm gonna get in line with this trend that we are seeing uh, with mock drafts and that is drafting for need with the Jacksonville Jaguars, not necessarily the best player available much to the chagrin, probably of teams like the jets and giants and Panthers hoping to perhaps land a top offensive tackle because there's only going to be one of the perceived top two left on the board after the first pick question is which one it is. I'm going to side with our scouting team. And their eyes, which currently, as things currently stand, covet Iki Ikwanu, Ikem Ikwanu, the offensive tackle from NC State, uh, to step into the shoes of Cam Robinson, who is an expiring contract as a player who played on the franchise tag this past year. Not to make Chris's head spin or anything like that, but I would wonder if this were to actually happen, if there would be another school out there that's not NC State that would have two number one overall picks that aren't quarterbacks. Shoot, he'll get shooting. No, no. <laughs> Shoot, but you're not going to figure it out right now. We don't, and we don't even have that much time. 
uh, I, I am on the clock with the Detroit Lions, who That's own the number two pick right count. now. And the good news for Detroit at number two is that probably their biggest need is edge. And so they're going to have their choice of Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. I just think if this were to be the case, they have to go with Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, not just because he's a Michigan guy, but you know, I, I think that does matter. But I just feel like there's a case to be made that he's the best player in the draft. And so I'm not trying to down talk Thibodeau, but um, right now I'm in on Hutchinson as this top player. And how fitting is this that need meets value meets Michigan player? It's a really fun story. Well, it's not necessarily totally true because Kyle Hamilton, regardless of positional value, is the best player in the draft. But I digress. Arguably. I digress. Uh, The Houston Texans are on the clock at number three overall. And um, if I were to make this selection with myself in mind, I would be drafting Kyle Hamilton, the safety. But with a top three pick and a top prospect remaining with high level tools who reminds me to some degree of another Houston Texans defensive lineman who was drafted in the early portions of the draft. And I'm of course talking about Jadavion Clowney with Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm going to go ahead and make that choice based off positional value and predictively um, it would be a big surprise in my mind to see a defensive weapon in Hamilton, which is the appropriate way to categorize him. Uh, getting his name called before Thibodeau, especially with Houston, which needs everything. And they've had a pretty dramatic departure of their pass rushers between Watt and Merciless and uh, even some of the the middle-tier guys that they've had on that Mm -hmm. roster, Charles and Um, They they need help there drastically. I got the Jets at number four, and I would love to pick Kyle Hamilton for them right here, but I'm not going to because – They have to prioritize this offensive line and making sure things that are stable in front of Zach Wilson. And so we're going to go Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama, and um, solidify one of those tackle spots. And hopefully Becton comes back and fulfills his promise. And then you have this crazy, big, massive athletic duo at tackle and Neal and Becton, and that's going to jumpstart your run game. And it's obviously going to give Zach Wilson what he needs to, uh, become the best version of himself. Wow. No love for George Fant, huh? <laughs> I think George Fant's a perfectly fine player, but Morgan Moses is an expiring contract. Beckton, yeah, I mean, they would love to have this problem, I'm sure. Right. I think that's a fair point. So, uh, so with the Giants, but two top offensive tackles are off the board. So it uh, makes things a little bit more complicated, as does the fact that if you did look over – all of the uh, perceived needs that the New York Giants have, um, safety is probably pretty low on the list uh, when you consider some of the depth that they have there and the versatility of Xavier McKinney. Uh, so I can't really go Kyle Hamilton here either. So Hamilton appears to be that guy that's going to endure a slide because I have a feeling he's not coming off the board until pick eight at the earliest based on who's in the queue behind this pick. Um I'll go ahead and lock in George Karloftis, uh, the pass rusher. I know that, you know, the only pick sandwiching these two is Carolina. Uh, We'll see if Joe ends up drafting Charles Cross, uh, the offensive tackle or not. Uh, But there's enough other ways that I can feel good about my top two picks if I'm the Giants, because I have them again at seven 
where I don't need to force and pick a certain player just to block the Carolina Panthers. All right, so I do have the Carolina Panthers here at number six. And one thing that I don't think we do a good enough job of communicating is that when we do mock drafts that aren't necessarily towards the end, we're just presenting scenarios. You know, we're just trying to think logically about how things could happen and presenting scenarios to you based on that. And we've presented a lot of scenarios with the Carolina Panthers at number six that has them picking a quarterback. Well, let's give you a different scenario this time around. Charles Cross is on the board, and he's going to be the pick here, the left tackle from Mississippi State. Obviously, Carolina needs offensive line help, and they especially needed that left tackle. But I think this scenario is one that intrigues me because now what's different this time around compared to all the other mocks that Kyle and I have done is that Kenny Pickett's not the pick here, and Charles Cross is not going to be available for the Bengals in the 20s. And so I like how this is going to uh, shape the rest of our mock draft. Can I just tell you guys, Joe, when you started that, when you said, I think we, have, we haven't done a very good job on this show, I thought you were this was going to be the best deadpan bit of all time where you were going to be like that the Carolina Panthers have had a different starting left tackle. For, <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to do. That would have been, that would actually have been very funny. And you just didn't go that direction. That was why I was laughing <laughs> while you were doing that whole thing because I thought for sure that's what you were going to do. Man, what a wasted opportunity. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll get back on the horse here sooner rather than later. Um, the New York Giants back on the clock at number seven. And I look at the needs of this team, and I look at the best available players, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stinley, Andrew Booth, Jordan Davis, Kenny Pickett, David Ajabo. Uh, Devin Lloyd is not too far down this list, and, and linebacker is a position that I would classify as a need. Uh, for the Giants, and that's actually the direction I'm going to choose to go here is draft Devin Lloyd, uh, the linebacker out of Utah, uh, one of the rare three-down linebackers uh, who can rush the passer, play in coverage. And uh, I understand uh, that Blake Martinez has been a productive linebacker for the Giants, um, but getting more out of – whoever can be those second-level defenders for New York to play behind the the sturdy uh, interior defensive front that they have uh, and and not having to be so uh, dependent on rotating linebackers in and out to whether we're in base or whether we're in sub. I mean, Reggie Ragland and Bernard McKinney are are a couple of the physical big-bodied guys on this roster. And Devin Lloyd can give you what they can, but he can also give you a lot of other things in pass rush. And uh, obviously, Joe Schoen coming over from the Buffalo Bills. They got a couple of stud linebackers themselves with complementary skill sets. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in Devin Lloyd here for the the Giants. Well, and I think you can anticipate if they go with Brian Dable to be their head coach, whether that's Vic Fangio or maybe even retaining Patrick Graham, that they're going to get a a coach that can really just kind of pick up the pieces with what they have defensively. I don't think they need to embrace like a sweeping change in scheme. And so if it were to be either of those guys to be the DC there, I think Devin Lloyd would be a great pick. Um, I have the Atlanta Falcons at number eight, and this team has to get better in the trenches. And I think the most meaningful thing that they can do with this pick is to get a pass rusher. We're going to go edge David Ajabo from Michigan. Yeah, they need some juice, man. They need some juice in that front seven. Guys that can dictate the action and get downhill and make plays in the backfield and um, create more negative plays for that defense. Oh, so I hate this. I, I'm tempted with Jordan Davis for, for them. Um, I hate that even more. 
but I got to go with the edge guy over the uh, the interior player. Kyle Hamilton's still on the board. We've we've royally screwed the pooch here, and he ain't they going to get, Denver. They well, gotta get better at drafting. So, because <laughs> uh, Denver's gonna pick Kenny Pickett, quarterback. Uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, they desperately need an upgrade, uh, whether or not they end up being a player for any of the big name quarterbacks. I think we, we have all heard the buzz that the big name quarterbacks might be on the move, but until they are officially available, it's kind of hard to just put your eggs in that basket and be like, Oh, well, Denver's going to trade three ones for Aaron Rodgers because it's (laughs) right. You know, that, that's such a hard thing to rely on. And while it's super tempting and I get Broncos fans, you would much rather have Aaron Rodgers for a short-term window than draft a quarterback that you don't know what you're going to get. This at this point in time, you know, we, we don't know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. And I know that Kenny Pickett's available, and I know that he's the, um, the quarterback with the best film from this year. Now, as we talked about, or as we are going to talk about later this week, I should say, on the TDM 100, Kenny Pickett is not without his questions, but projecting their resumes moving forward and knowing that Kenny's going to have a chance to go down the mobile next week. I'm going to put him in the QB one spot at this point in time. Joe, please, when, please. Well, first of all, Stop I need the to, madness. Hold on, please. Just hold on. When Kyle said Kenny Pickett from the Pittsburgh Panthers, every time I hear Panthers after Pittsburgh, I'm like a little surprised. It's, it's one of those Why? schools that I just don't affiliate the mascot with them. It's just pit. You know what I mean? Is there schools like that for you guys? Like where you forget that they have a a mascot? Pitt's one of those teams. It's just pit. No. It's weird to me that they're the Panthers as well. Okay, that went over like a fart in church. Uh Rutgers. Yeah. Rutgers the is Knights. another Scarlet, Scarlet Knights, Knights right? They're Rut they're Rutgers. Okay. They're just Rutgers, right? <laughs> Thank you, Shub. How about uh how about the Washington football team? Oh wait, they don't actually have a mascot. Soon. Soon. I, I have I have takes about that that we'll get to whenever that comes through. Um, Chris is like, don't derail the show, please. We're making good timing. <laughs> number 10, the New York Jets. We had talked about picking Kyle Hamilton at four. Well, let's go ahead and pick him here at number 10. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. Obviously, it's great value because he's one of the best three players in the draft. You get him at 10. And the safety position for the Jets is not in good shape right now with Marcus May and his future unlikely to be with the Jets and saying goodbye to Jamal Adams. They need a player like this. And I think about Jakiski Tart and how good he was in Robert Saleh's defense for the 49ers. So this is just a very obvious pick in terms of a need and a premium player. And obviously when you think about the AFC and the AFC East, obviously Josh Allen, but Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and all these good quarterbacks, you kind of want to have players like this that can be X factors for your defense to uh, help neutralize some of that spacing and give you a matchup guy to take away some of these crazy pass catchers that all these teams seem to have. So I think this was a pretty obvious pick to make here. Kyle Hamilton to the Jets at 10. Well, Joe, you've put me in quite the pickle because I really would have loved for Kyle Hamilton to be available at 11 and for you to pick a corner, which the Jets need desperately, and draft a little bit more for me, so I could have picked Kyle Hamilton at 11. Because now I have to ask myself, okay, this is a team that has William Jackson and it has Kendall Fuller, but the two best players available on our board at this point in time are both corners. 
or do I force the quarterback pick? For a player, if we're being honest, in Matt Corral, that has a lot of same physical traits as Taylor Heineke in the first place. Unless there's a different quarterback you like. <sighs> or you don't necessarily I, have to like. You just have to logically mock them there. Right. I don't like any of the quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go best player available, uh, which for me is Andrew Booth, Jr., the corner out of Clemson. Uh, we talked yesterday on the show uh, about a potential slide uh, for Derek Stingley. We've seen that manifest itself, but uh, – there's no such thing, Joe. You mentioned playing in the AFC for the New York Jets and the value of having a defensive back who's versatile can help combat opposing passing games. Uh, I look at Washington and having to play against the Dallas Cowboys passing attack and the Philadelphia Eagles if they continue stacking skill players. Um, there's no such thing as too many good corners, and Booth is a versatile one. Uh, I'm going to avoid the temptation to draft for need and draft the best player available because the value is too good at this point. Minnesota Vikings at number 12. I know that um, it's a new regime coming for Minnesota, but the need for corner is still there with the Vikings. Um, and I think you have good value here in Derek Singley Jr. being on the board out of LSU, the corner. Um, obviously an immensely gifted football player that can come in and be one of the best corners in the NFL if obviously he's able to reach his ceiling in the NFL like he did as a true freshman at LSU back in 2019. So I think this is an on-brand selection and, and one that they kind of need to make based on what's happened to some of the other guys they've drafted at corner. Okay, Browns fans, when I did my mock two weeks ago, I heard the feedback. I'm going to make you happy. We're going to draft a wide receiver. Okay, I gave him Jordan Davis, which I thought was a great pick to play in the heart of the defense say, Hey, it's a deep wide receiver class. So you could get one early on day two. And they got like, it wasn't David bell. Who was it? it was, they got a good wide receiver. Yeah. Like teams uh, have traditionally done over the last several years, getting good receivers on day two, but correct. But that the Browns fans don't want to hear right. that. They say we need, like, we're, we're, we're stuck with Baker. We need wide receivers. The second round. Like it's not. <laughs> now this, this year's a bad example, right? But, Typically. But historically, over the last yeah. five years, yeah. you're getting just as productive of players on early day two at the wide receiver. I digress. They don't want yeah. it, so I'm yeah. going to give you what you want. We're going to draft Jamison Williams because the last thing I want to do is to get to tomorrow at the end of the show and Jamison Williams because he has a torn ACL <laughs> be on the board for the Bills or the Chiefs. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he had the best season this past year. Obviously, he left a very loaded wide receiver room in Ohio State to transfer to Alabama. Um the injury is unfortunate, but in the grand scheme of things, expected to make a full recovery. He's super dynamic. Uh, Baker does have the ability to push the ball down the field when he's healthy, and I think that's an important concession to make as you're projecting this player into a run-heavy offense that is going to have a lot of opportunities with play-action passing to take some shot plays down the field. Got the Ravens here at number 14. and Do it. Do it. Do it. I, I think I'm going to do what you're do it. saying, but – I feel like they have to really focus on this offensive line and um, being able to maximize that backfield, right? With Lamar Jackson and, and J.K. Dobbins, you need to have your people movers up front and, you know, their injuries at tackle and, you know, not being able to retain Orlando Brown and all of that has led to some issues. Obviously, Marshall Yanda's retirement. They've got some free agents this year with Bozeman up front. 
They need to make an investment in the offensive line. And the trendy pick has become Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Well, let's keep it going here and um, give him a player that's just kind of a natural fit in terms of size, run blocking ability, power. Kyle wishes I would have picked Daniel Falele. Um, But but I, I like Trevor Penning in this spot. I feel like Kyle and I were on the same page. Jordan I, wanted Davis. Jordan, I wanted Jordan Davis here. Oh, mm. never mind then. I wanted him badly. Oh, we get Imagine to do back-to-back back Eagles here, huh? Yes, that's how we're going to close today because we're only doing the top 16. <laughs> we're doing the first half of the, of the first round. And what's nice with doing these now is the draft order is not going to change. You know, we've been doing them traditionally. It's like, oh, well, Monday Night Football happened and so-and-so yeah. we have three spots. So we got to reshuffle the deck. That's all done. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock at 15. I am going to go ahead and, and take another trendy pick that we've seen a lot of recently and get the air for the Philadelphia Eagles and the heart of their offensive lineman with Jason Kelsey by drafting Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, who is my comparison, Jason Kelsey, to him uh, in this year's draft class. So, Skill sets, very parallel size and stature, very uh, parallel. There's a lot of connections between those two guys. They've seen what that can look like and how you can can have success with that. And I don't see any reason why Philadelphia uh, looking to continue to build out a really strong group. I know they drafted Landon Dickerson last year. There's no reason why he can't play guard. And now all of a sudden you got uh, just a monstrous left side of your offensive line. Right. If you put Landon Dickerson at left guard and put Tyler Linderbaum in at center, and then you've got Mytala at left tackle, and you got Lane Johnson at right tackle, like you start doing the math and it's like, holy cow, like is Brandon Brooks healthy? If he is, mm-hmm. we can cook with a lot of gas here on the offensive line. So let's let's go ahead and do that, Tyler Linderbaum locking in. All right, we got another pick here for the Eagles, and then tomorrow they're picking within the first three selections as well. So I uh, I think about edge here. I think about wide receiver. And I like the depth of this edge class a lot. I like the depth at wide receiver as well. But I think the opportunity to get Jalen Hurts, a player like Traylon Burks from Arkansas, is something that I'm not going to let pass me by here because I think the RPO game needs to be a big part of what they do in that offense. And him on those glance routes is one of the best things that he does. And I think the way he would complement Devontae Smith and, of course, what they have there at tight end and Dallas Godert would really give Jalen Hurts a nice complement of weapons to use in different ways to maximize his strengths in the passing game. And so I, I just feel like that, that RPO stuff is really going to be even better with Burks, and he's exactly the type of, of receiver that can do that type of stuff. That's going to do it for today. The top 16 picks in this mock draft. We hope you guys enjoyed. We want to thank our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. And we trust that we've created a compelling enough first half of the mock that each and every one of you will be back again tomorrow to finish what we have started. So plan accordingly tomorrow. Second half, 17 through 32, Kyle Krabs, Joe Mario, Chris Schubert. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Giraffe Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.